Hey, it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Being More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Hello, hello, welcome back. I'm Ronnie, and if you've been tuning in around here for a while, you've probably noticed that I changed the name of the podcast. Again. Why? Well, I never really felt connected to the last couple. Yes, I know, this is the third time I've changed the title in four seasons, goodness. (laughs) I went with the last couple because, at the time, they fit my work well enough, and, you know, as they say, done is better than perfect. I also knew that nothing is ever set in stone, and I could always just change it again if and when I wanted to. So that's what I did. This summer, I set about brainstorming something that felt better, though, something that that I felt good about keeping, which is how we now have being more. As I always say, changing the way we eat and live requires first understanding why we eat or live the way that we do, which is why I went with why we eat for the title last year. But you can think about being more as the how. After we understand why, we must move to the how. How do you start understanding unhealthy or self-destructive patterns with food, exercise, or anything else? How do we start shifting them? How do we start shifting from war and obsession to peace and balance? Well, by being more. In my work with ECET, I help people redefine healthy eating and living specifically by being more wholehearted, present, connected, curious, and intentional. Over the coming months in this season, I'm still going to be talking about why we eat, but I'm also going to be talking more about all of these elements of being and how they work together. I'll also be continuing to have conversations with guests about many other aspects of being. Today, we're going to start with being more wholehearted. And I can't talk about being wholehearted without first sharing how Brene Brown describes wholehearted living, because I couldn't possibly put it any better. She says, wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I'm enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, Yes, I'm imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I'm also brave and worthy of love and belonging. So why does being wholehearted matter? Because you treat yourself the way you believe you deserve to be treated. So the root of healthy eating and living lies first in and foremost in living from a place of your own worthiness and love right now, today, exactly as you are without conditions. When we spend our days judging and berating ourselves for not being good enough, not getting enough done, eating the wrong things, not weighing the right amount, or whatever else we berate ourselves for, that has huge negative impacts on not only how we feel about ourselves and our place in the world, but the choices that we make for ourselves, the way we treat ourselves and our bodies are rooted in the way we feel about ourselves and our bodies. The judgments that we make on ourselves and our bodies 
The expectations we place on ourselves and our bodies, conditions that make us believe we're not good enough or worthy of love, connection, and belonging unless we're meeting them. See, when you believe those things, you treat yourself accordingly. You may chase love and connection from others, feeling like you have to constantly hustle to earn it. And what better way to earn love than shrink your body, right? Nobody gets more love and acceptance in our culture than thin people or people who lose weight and appear to live the, quote, right lifestyle. And that keeps the, the obsession to eat right and lose weight alive pretty much indefinitely. As long as the obsession to eat right or lose weight is alive, the unhealthy or disordered eating patterns will be too. Because the truth is, those obsessions aren't the real issue. They're distractions. Obsession is distraction. Distraction from the fact that you're not living wholehearted. You're betraying and abandoning yourself by reducing your humanness, your worthiness, to the number on a scale, to what you eat, or how much you accomplish. You're abandoning yourself in the way that you speak to yourself, in your need to be perfect, in your unrealistic expectations of yourself, or in any number of other ways. They're distractions from the truth, that you're disconnected from your birthright, the place within you that is just unconditional love, acceptance, and trust in you. To be wholehearted is to reconnect with and live from that place. Let me share a real-life example of this from my own life recently. So I was interviewed by Nancy Regan for her podcast, Canadian Love Map. Maritimers know Nancy from her years as an anchor on Live at Five, but I've grown to know um, to know her and uh, love her from her more recent work, specifically her poetry and her new book, From Showing Off to Showing Up, An Imposter's Journey from Perfect to Present. Outside of the details, it's a book that not only felt like I could have written myself had I half the talent she does, but I felt like it could be written by most of us. You should really read it. I guarantee you'll feel the same way. Anyway, so the interview. Allowing myself to be interviewed live is something I never would have even considered before, especially for something like this where I'm talking about some of the hardest, darkest parts of my life. I just wouldn't do it. I couldn't have done it. If I was ever going to engage publicly before, it was where I could stick strictly to the safety of writing so that I could control every word or photos of how I'd transform my bodies or workouts, that kind of thing. That kind of superficial external BS that came with zero risk of judgment or saying something stupid and it guaranteed praise, especially the weight loss photos and workouts. That's not living wholehearted. It's living from a fear of being seen as real, vulnerable, or imperfect. Fear that kept me playing small. I was hiding behind playing a role that I knew came with praise. I was hiding behind a need to fit in, to be impressive, and earn external validation and acceptance because in my heart, I couldn't love or accept myself. Without my own unconditional love and acceptance, I always felt compelled to chase those things from others. Subconsciously, of course, I had no idea what was driving any of it at the time. 
Now, though, I've been a guest on a number of podcasts. I've done Instagram Lives. I've been interviewed on the radio a couple of times even because I know that my personal and professional experience has the power to help people. I can't imagine not sharing what I've learned when I know that. And I love myself enough now that risking the judgment of others or saying something wrong doesn't force me into hiding the way it used to. That's being wholehearted. But it's taken a lot of time, effort, and self-discovery for me to get to a place where I feel relatively comfortable putting myself out there in these ways now. You know, the first few times I tried it, I literally required anxiety medication to calm down the full-blown panic attacks I had. Then, you know, the next few, I just had a little bit of anxiety that I could manage on my own without medication. And then the last few that I've done, I felt reasonably calm with little to no anxiety. Now, this one, though, I expected some nervous energy because, you know, she's the pinnacle of a professional communicator. She is far, she's a far better communicator than me. And, you know, that's not just an old belief I have. It's, it's a, a fact. She's done it for decades. It's, it was her profession, right? And intellectually, I understand that that's okay. She has skills and experience in that area that I don't, and that's okay. It doesn't make her a more worthy human. I have strengths in other areas. The lesson there is just because somebody is better than you at one thing doesn't mean they're a better person than you, right? We all have different strengths and weaknesses, and we're all worthy. So intellectually, though, I may understand those things, but intellect and conditioning are two very different things, and conditioning is really powerful. What I happen to have by way of weakness is conditioning that goes all the way back to my childhood that wants me to believe that I never say the right things, that nobody cares what I have to say anyway because nobody likes me. This is an old belief that has some really deep roots in me, and it still can get triggered from time to time. I knew that this interview would be one of those triggers, but I underestimated how much it would trigger them because I was putting way more pressure on myself for this one. I knew that for this interview, this podcast, my interviewer has spent her life interviewing people like Oprah Winfrey and Elizabeth Gilbert. And honestly, it was brutal. Beyond the nervous energy and anxiety that I had, I was back to panic. My body, every cell of my body was screaming danger, abort, run away, hide for pretty much the whole interview. (laughs) If you've ever experienced that feeling, you know how unbelievably distracting it is and how difficult it is to even function. Never mind think clearly in that state. As I was getting ready for the interview, I noticed myself beginning to slip into the old, you know, must impress pattern that I used to have, planning what I was going to wear, when I was going to dye my hair so my gray roots weren't present, which I realize is extra ridiculous after all the talk about gray hair in the news lately. You know, I was planning what time I was going to start getting ready so that I could do my makeup, which I almost never even wear anymore. So why I even cared about makeup is beyond me. You know, I'm planning how I'm going to dye my hair the whole nine yards. Ultimately, though, I decided t-shirt, no makeup, and I'm combing my hair and rocking the gray roots because all I really wanted was to be comfortable. And that's how I'm most comfortable these days. So I caught that old pattern and I just shifted back into showing up 
as myself. I made a conscious choice to not fall back into the old one of trying to impress with my exterior package. And that felt great. But still, there was the fear. She's not going to like me. I'm not going to say the right thing. My story is stupid. She's not going to care. All those old beliefs, beliefs that are almost as old as I am, terrified of being seen, of getting hurt, um, of terrified of not measuring up, of not being good enough to earn love, admiration, validation, all those old beliefs expecting me to measure up to an interview with Oprah Winfrey <laughs> and the fear that because I couldn't or wouldn't, that somehow I didn't even belong in that conversation. Like, what the hell? How is that fair? It's not. See, the panic had nothing to do with the actual event. It wasn't about the podcast, the interview, the interviewer, or even what I said. It was about my own expectations and the crippling fear that I had of not meeting them. Completely unfair. Now, how is that being wholehearted, you might be wondering? Well, that in itself isn't. But what I did about it is. See, now I understand that those things are a normal part of the human experience. It's normal to have fear, insecurity, and old beliefs that sometimes show up at the worst possible times and try to keep us safe by forcing us to hide and play small. That's what all those old beliefs wanted. They wanted to keep me safe by convincing me that I had no business doing what I was doing because I wasn't good enough. Because those old beliefs believe that as long as I hide, I'll be safe. Being wholehearted showed up in what I did about that. I acknowledged how I felt. I allowed it to be okay. I didn't judge myself for any of it. And I showed up anyway. I know that sharing my story helps others. And my heart craves that. So I showed up exactly as I was. I did the best I could with where I was. Was it my best? No. And I allowed that to be okay too. Being wholehearted means showing up for myself and others in the best way that I can, even when I'm scared, even when I'm not perfect, even when I screw up or fall flat on my face. And it means giving myself grace when the best that I'm capable of changes from day to day based on any number of factors, including how much fear is present. It's allowing myself and others to be human. It's accepting all the messy, ugly, difficult, painful parts of my humanity. It's recognizing that imperfection, vulnerability, fear, and suffering, these are all normal parts of the human experience. They don't make me weak or worthless. They make me human. Before I lived in a constant state of believing that I, at my core, was bad, that I was worthless, that I was never good enough, I didn't deserve love or belonging, and I hated and punished myself for it daily. And I hid behind playing a role, trying to be impressive to keep others from finding out what I believed to be the truth of my worthlessness. The difference now isn't that all of those old fears of unworthiness are completely gone or don't cause me to feel fear or pain. It's that now I'm able to look at them, accept that they're still there, and love myself through them. Before, the beliefs were ever-present. But I wasn't really consciously aware of their presence, and I lived from them, allowing them to dictate every aspect of my life. They were me. I was worthless. I didn't deserve love or goodness unless I looked a certain way, weighed a certain amount, ate the right thing, and was getting external praise for those things. 
So in my food and body world, that manifested through all of the ways that I tried to punish myself into being good enough with overexercise and super clean eating, and then ultimately binging my face off, partly as punishment for not measuring up, partly as coping strategy, and partly as a result of all of the restriction. And I wouldn't allow myself to be seen or heard. I would never publicly speak about what at the time I perceived to be my weaknesses. In fact, I wouldn't publicly talk at all. I played it safe, hiding behind transformation photos, fitspo, and inspirational workouts. My body did all the talking for me. Now, though, I know that while some of those old beliefs are still present, I know that they're not me. They're not the truth of who I am. They're no longer front and center every day, dictating every aspect of my life. I'm aware that they still exist in me and that they can be triggered sometimes, but I can see them now. I see that they exist in me, but they are separate from me, if that makes sense. So rather than automatically believing that I'm worthless, don't deserve love, and then hating myself for it, now I notice when that old belief is triggered. I recognize it for what it is, and I love myself through it with compassion and kindness. It's going from the feeling I am worthless to noticing that the feeling of worthlessness has been triggered and is present. But it's an inner knowing that even when that feeling is present and causing pain, that I actually am still worthy of love, belonging, kindness, and acceptance. That is being wholehearted. This is knowing that no matter what those old beliefs say, I'm worthy of love, connection, and belonging right now exactly as I am. And that the best way to access those things right now is to be them for myself. If I'm desperate to feel loved, I have to love me. If I'm desperate for connection and belonging, I have to connect with and belong to me. That's being wholehearted. It's knowing that the best way for me to be those set those things for myself is to act with presence and intention. Presence allows me to notice and acknowledge what I'm experiencing. Intention allows me to accept it and treat myself kindly, compassionately, and with love through whatever I'm experiencing. It's knowing that the only way I can let go of the things that are not serving me is to have the courage to practice letting go of them. The best way to practice letting go of my fears and self-doubts is to face them by allowing myself to be vulnerable and risk doing scary things that will undoubtedly trigger them. That's being wholehearted. It's recognizing when our thoughts, beliefs, and emotions are trying to convince us that we are not already worthy of love and belonging exactly where we are, exactly as we are. Even when we're not at our best or feel like we've screwed up or aren't good at something, and then loving and nurturing ourselves through it. Now, what does all that have to do with healthy eating and living? Well, Remember what I said when I started, we treat ourselves the way we believe we deserve to be treated, and our thoughts, beliefs, and emotions dictate our choices, mostly subconsciously. Before, I would have no awareness of what I was feeling. I was a mindless automaton running my 
overexercise, obsess over weight and food, restrict binge program on repeat, desperate to prove I was worthy and worth something in the hope that other people's validation would help me feel like I was lovable and worthy, but also to avoid any and any and all uncomfortable emotions, which is one of the reasons why I never even knew what I was feeling. I just stuffed it all with food. And that's how I would have handled those normal human anxieties or fears over not doing a good job before. And it destroyed every aspect of my mental, emotional, and physical health. Restricting food, binge eating, bulimia, over-exercise to the point of multiple long-term injuries and constant pain. Now, I know what I'm thinking and feeling. I know why, and I have the ability to separate myself from those things with compassion and love. That means no more mindless automaton. It means no more mindless programming, no more over-exercising, no more mindless snacking, no more binge eating or bulimia, no more food restriction, just allowing myself to be imperfect, vulnerable, and afraid. I am allowed to be those things. I am allowed for those things to be part of me and to love myself anyway. And when I love myself anyway, when I love myself without condition, I treat myself and my body kindly, no matter what, because I simply cannot imagine treating myself or my body poorly anymore. Healthy eating and living becomes the natural result. It becomes the outcome. So instead of the binge restrict nonsense that would have happened before, now I write. I practice presence. I reach out to friends and I talk about what I'm feeling. I meditate. I sit still, feel, and allow the uncomfortable feelings. I nurture myself with whatever food I want, and I want whatever food will help me feel my best based on whatever I need. See, when I talk about eating whatever we want, this is what I mean. It's about learning to want what helps us feel our best. Because we love ourselves enough to want the best for ourselves, especially when we're struggling. I also move my, bodies, my, my body in whatever ways feel right. Not to fix it or to change it, but to honor it when it tells me it needs movement. I spent eight years in the health and fitness industry. I know full well how you're used to hearing people talk about what it takes to eat and live healthy. I also know full well... None of that crap is working for most people, at least, not, at least not for very long, because it's all designed to keep you focused on the external rules of what you should be doing to try to control your body, your intake, and your health, rather than focused on who and how you are being in your life, how you're showing up and nurturing and supporting your overall well-being. Being more wholehearted is a powerful first step to shifting from judgment and punishment to love and nurturing. So stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we're going to continue to explore wholeheartedness and many other aspects of being and how they relate to the choices that you make for yourself and your body. Thank you for joining me today on the Being More podcast. I appreciate you. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.